Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is the Pulse of St. Louis. Welcome to the Pulse of St. Louis. I'm Shirley Washington. Tonight, we take a closer look at children from the Gateway City area, some as young as five, who are entrepreneurs. But first, April is Donate Life Month, an opportunity to raise awareness about the need for organ donations. Joining me now, Jane Beckman, she is an organ donor. Dr. Krista Lentine, she is Director of Living Donation and a physician with SLU Care and SSM Health, St. Louis University Hospital, and Cody Woolley. She is a, a nurse, a registered nurse, and a living donor coordinator at SSM Health, St. Louis University Hospital. Thank you all so much for being here, I appreciate it. Jane, let's start with you. Giving the gift of life, donating an organ is one of the most significant, most cherished gifts one can give to another. You did that. You donated did a do that to a stranger. To a stranger, I did. What made you decide to do that? Well, Shirley, I was at this point in my life, a really good point in my life, and I looked around and so many people with, with I've, myself, my family, so blessed, lucky, and it's, it's just the hand you're dealt in life, right? I mean, so many things, people with, with kidney disease, they don't deserve that or, or ask for it or did something wrong. It's, it's just the hand you're dealt. And when I looked around and saw the hand that I'd been dealt, my family, my kids, it was, it was just all good. So I thought, you know, we're all just traveling through life together. We're all on this journey together. If you can reach back and help somebody else, help give somebody else a break, I've had so many breaks. So I thought, if I can help somebody, then that's what I think we should do. I think if we all just help somebody else, whether it's something like this or however, I'm, I was in a place in my life, got a great job with the St. Louis Crisis Nursery, lots of support from my family and people at work. Um, and then I called uh, SSM Health Transplant Services and, and it, I don't wanna say it could not have been easier, but it could not have been easier for really? me. I mean, it was, it was surgery, it's real surgery and, and there's recovery, but as far as donating, it, they, I'll go on and on some more, but they did an amazing job. But but for me, you, you did an amazing job too, young lady. What? I mean, and, and, and to donate, it's one thing to donate to someone you know. Yeah. But to donate to a stranger, yeah. to me, is incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, did you read about this gentleman's story, or how did how did this come about? Well, I uh, was reading the paper one day, and there was a story in there about another guy who needed a kidney. So he put on a T-shirt that said, "I need a kidney," and he walked around Disney World. And then another guy saw the shirt and thought, well, heck, I could do that. And he called it, long story short, he gave a kidney to a stranger. So I'm reading the paper and I thought, huh, I bet I could do that. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> and I got up and I, I called St. Louis U, <laughs> talked to Cody about an hour later. And sure enough, I, I could do that. And not everybody can, but I could. And, and you did. And I did. Wow. I did. Doctor, how great is the need in St. Louis for kidney donors? Yeah, so, so Donate Life Month really gives us an important opportunity to raise awareness of the burden of uh, kidney disease and the need for organ transplants. Currently, there are 100,000 persons on the waiting list for a kidney transplant across the country. And this includes 1,500 patients in the state of Missouri. 
Uh, last year, there were 14,000 deceased donor transplants, which was a milestone, but not enough to meet that need. Again, 100,000 persons waiting. So living donor transplantation can help bridge that, that gap between the need and the available organs. And really notably, among transplant options, living donor transplant for the recipient is the best for a number of reasons. It does the um, best job of restoring patients to, to health because these organs tend to work better and to last longer. So what actually causes kidney disease? Well, there are a great variety of causes, but the, the most common causes across the country are high blood pressure and diabetes. Is there any way to prevent it? Well, we, we certainly um, advocate for awareness of kidney disease, for folks getting their, their kidney function checked and their blood pressure checked. Early detection can be important for lifestyle interventions to control blood pressure, to control weight. But um, once it reaches the point of kidney failure, then the treatment options are, are dialysis or, or, or transplant. Um, it, it's fortunate that we have a dialysis that can be life-sustaining, but it's, it's really an inferior option compared to to transplant. It um, just cannot replace the work of a functioning kidney. Yeah. Cody Jane says, you know, she's reading the article in the paper and says, I can do that. And then she called you and said, oh, this is so easy. Really? Is the process that easy? Walk me through the process. What's it like? <laughs> <laughs> just for me. Cody's like, no. <laughs> so I talked to her over the phone yeah. and we did a quick brief health screen. Mm -hmm. Does she have diabetes? You know, does she have high blood pressure? Um, things like that. Is she healthy? Is she up to date with her routine cancer screenings? And so this is the same process. These are the same questions that you would ask anyone yeah. who is considering being a donor. I would. Yeah. And then once she passed through that stage, we were able to get her into our center and do some blood work. Um, and that led to some imaging, which led to more imaging. <laughs> so how long was the process from the well, moment she picked up the phone to call to the moment you discovered she's a match for this gentleman? It took about four months to get her through the four whole months. process. Of the thing. Yeah. But it doesn't have to take that long. It's so why did it take that, so long in her case? Well, she had a few things that weren't 100% easy. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I mean, from a test standpoint. Right. Was, yes. And this is the other thing I want to say. Every concern they had was for me. Their number one concern was that I was going to be okay. I mean, Jack, the guy who's got my kidney down in Arkansas, he had problems, issue concerns, and we're hoping he does better. But, but their concern was for my health, to make sure that when I came out on the other side, I was going to be as good as I could possibly be. So all these tests, all these questions, the blood pressure was a touch high, and, mm -hmm. and then 24-hour blood pressure screening, and, and all of that, the CAT scan, the MRI, the I called it nuclear blood thing, whatever. They've got better words than I do. But <laughs> but all of these were, were yeah. to keep track of me right. and make right. sure. Because if, if there was any questions or problems, they wouldn't let me do it. Right, absolutely. And so, when did you do it? Uh, it it'll be uh, May 30th will be one year. So wow. May 30th a year ago. And how are you doing? Doing great. Three months after I donated, I ran a 5K. And six months after I donated, I ran a half marathon. Look at you, bionic woman. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> now tell so, me about Jack, the donor recipient. Well, Cody okay. knows him better Cody, than okay. I do. So what was his situation? Well, he had a spouse who wanted to donate to him. Unfortunately, she was not the right blood type. Um, so she went through the process, just like Jane did, to make sure that she was healthy enough to donate, and she passed. And then we added her to a registry where we look for people in the same situation where we can sort of facilitate a swap. It's called paired donation. And um, we waited and 
we thought we had a match from California. Things fell through. It was very disappointing for the family. So what was his situation before the actual surgery? I mean, was he on dialysis? He was on dialysis. Yeah. yeah. For and two his, years. And his dad had had kidney disease, and he had died of it. Oh, wow. So uh, Jack and Jennifer, they knew how this yeah. story ends. They, right. they knew what the end game is if he doesn't get a transplant. or uh, So uh, when she stepped up and said she would be willing to donate, and that's one thing that I learned is that even if you're not a match, if you know somebody needs a kidney but you're not a direct match for them, the way they do it now, you can still help them. You can get them up on the list and get them a kidney sooner. That's what Jennifer Can we talk about that Jack. a little more, Dr. Yes, and it, that, what, what Cody explained. So that's a really important point. So um, kidney donation began actually with identical twins and then it expanded to related persons. Um, we, we've learned with modern immunosuppression that you don't have to be related to um, have, a, have a successful donation and transplant. But there's a, a concept of biologic compatibility, which briefly means that the donor's bl blood type is compatible with the recipient and that the recipient doesn't have preformed antibodies. So sometimes someone um, comes forward, I may want to help my spouse, but I may not be biologically compatible. It's important to not discourage um, those people from stepping forward because now programs can perform these types of swaps or exchanges and create compatible combinations and make transplant happen. So you can still help help a loved one, help a friend, even help help a stranger by participating yeah. in yeah. these exchanges. That's amazing. And Jane, you had an opportunity to meet your donor recipient. I did. What was that like for you to it meet was, him? It was really amazing. Now Jack is a man of few words. He's he's a <laughs> quiet guy. Now Jennifer um, she came into my room, this was the day after I this donated, Jennifer's the wife, and she had just given a kidney too. So uh, she came into my room, lots of hugs and crying and tears, and then we both went into Jack's room, and like I said, Jack's, Jack's a quiet guy, and so I had to point out to him that uh, I said, Jack, um, you know you got lady parts in you now, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and he laughed. And I'm sure he says, as long as they work. <laughs> That's Jack there. He's, uh, He's a very quiet guy, but um, I've talked to Jennifer. There's Jennifer. Um, we do Facebook and stuff, and she said Jack can now get down on the floor and play with the grandkids. He couldn't used to do that before. I told Jack, I said, you're going to have to teach those grandkids how to go fishing now. That's what grandpas do. And so he was, it was, it was very touching. He was, they're such a nice couple. And, Two, three kids, four or five grandkids. They've How rewarding got. is it for you to look at the pictures and to know that you made a difference in someone's life? It is. That's huge. It, it, it does feel good. It does feel good, especially when I think about Jack on the floor with his grandkids. And, and who knows what information lessons he'll teach them and they'll teach their kids. And, and he's there to help them and he's there to teach them and he's there to support his own kids. Because I took two weeks out of my life. I was in the hospital two days, 48 hours. I was off work for two weeks. And and then that's and then I got to not pick up a bag of dog food for two months, and that was it. I mean, it was really, I, I tell you what, Shirley, it was easier than having a C-section because <laughs> you don't have to get up and feed a crying baby every two hours. Yeah. So I tell you yeah. what, people are taking yeah. care of you. So I, And I know it's not the same for everybody. I know Absolutely. other people, but all I can say is, the team and Dr. Varma, my surgeon, they're the best. At St. Louis University SSM Health Transplant, these people know what they're doing and they watched out for me. I, was, I felt so good the whole time that their job, you know, besides saving lives, taking out kidneys, blah, 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 is to watch out for me and make sure that I'm gonna be okay. And, and so if anybody has any thoughts of doing it, 
All you can do is start and ask, and if it's not right, they'll tell you it's not right. But at least you're trying. At least we're all trying to help somebody else out. I mean, I, I just got so many breaks in my life. And other people, I mean, there's, there's a high blood pressure and diabetes, but there's diseases, too, that have come down from generation to generation where yeah. whole, whole families have kidney problems. Yeah. So, again, I just, you just want to help folks out when you can do it, especially in these days. You just want to be nice. Awesome. Cody, real quickly, someone's listening and they want to at least inquire about being a donor. Real quickly, what should they do? Uh, please call the center. We are um, SSM, St. Louis University Hospital, and our phone number is 314-577-8867. We'll do a quick screen over the phone, um, send you out a packet, um, have you do a health questionnaire, send it back to us, and then see if we can get you in. Doctor, this is a good thing. This is a good thing, and just uh, my, my final message would be to for patients suffering for, with kidney failure to not be afraid to share their story. It, it's yes. very difficult to ask for an organ donor, but you don't really need to ask. Just you know, being open about your disease, saying that you have a need. Often, people will come forward to help that you may not expect. Good point. Thank you all so much for being here. I appreciate Thank it. You're so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> all right, stay with us. When we come back, we are going to tell you about some young entrepreneurs as young as five that are competing for scholarships and prizes. Stay with us back in a moment. To hear more, listen to the podcast. Just search for The Pulse of St. Louis. And welcome back to The Pulse of St. Louis. You know, children as young as five years of age are pitching their best business and product ideas for a chance to win scholarships and prizes. Joining me now, Lisa Litvig. She's co-founder of Explore and Joanna Reed, director of special events with SLM Media Group. Thank you both so much for being here. This is pretty cool. Thank you. This is pretty exciting. Yes. Tell me about, Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me about this. So it's a pitch competition. It's mm -hmm. the first of its kind in St. Louis. And essentially what we're doing is a shark tank for kids. It's more nice. of a guppy tank. Yeah, guppy <laughs> tank. I like that. It's, um, you know, it's a gentler approach. And, yeah. and we certainly are not soul crushing or dream crushing. Um, but we want to bring kids together to... Yes to pitch their ideas. Yeah. Um, I think what we discovered is after talking is that, you know, we all have business ideas at younger than five, eight, right. five years old. Um, you're having lemonade stands, you're delivering papers, you're walking the dogs in the neighborhood. Right. So you're babysitting yeah. kids as yeah. you get closer to that age yeah. 13. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Joanna, that is pretty impressive though, to think that five-year-olds yes. are coming up with business plans <laughs> Absolutely. and product ideas. Yes. And they're getting some support, obviously, right? Talk about that. Correct. They're going to get supports from mom and dad um, and teachers and mentors to really help them bring these ideas to light. But if you think about it, the whole purpose of us doing this was if there's a problem that you're having in your life, figure out a way to solve it and create this great innovation around it. Kids have problems as early as at age. Um, for example, if you're having a hard time organizing your room. Right create a tool to help you, you know, remind you to do that and so forth. So that's what it's all about. It's getting them at a young age. And then so who are they pitching to? Is there a panel or? Correct. So they're going to pitch to a panel of judges. We have a lot of great local entrepreneurs that have agreed to participate as judges in this event. Uh, for example, we have Judy Sudicuse, Syndicuse, who is part of Capital, Capital Innovators. In addition to that, we have Tim Spiegelglass. He is the owner of Spiegelglass Construction. And we have Tom Pernikoff, who owns TuneSpeak. So we have a lot of great local business owners that have joined forces with us to create a panel of amazing judges. That is awesome. And Lisa, you said this is sort of like Shark Tank. Yes. But on a lower level. On a, on a much gentler <laughs> level. Yes, yes. No, um, again, the intention really was to encourage and give our kids an opportunity to get in front of a, an audience 
and talk about their ideas. So um, this actually came, the idea came from uh, our own experience pitching to Shark Tank. Um, so my business partner and I went on a open casting call for Shark Tank and did a much similar um, exercise through a speed round and then went to the final um, to actually be on Shark Tank. So that was kind of the, it kind of got our wheels turning of, you know, couldn't we do something similar to this, but maybe make it more kid focused? Um, and again, you know, we have children, we yes. all have children mm -hmm. here. Um, and, you know, our kids are begging us to have businesses every other day. Can I, is it too, is it warm enough for a lemonade stand? Is it, you know, can I go to next door and right. walk their dog? So. so tell me about the process, because you know what the process was like for Shark Tank. Right. In fact, just give me a, just a hint of what that was like <laughs> for you, being on Shark Tank. It was nerve-wracking. Um, we actually did not make it onto the program. We uh, went through the casting, and the, the first round was, was nerve-wracking. We had no idea what to expect, and we had to go pitch our company in front of these judges who we really didn't know. And so... It was very nerve-wracking, so we want to kind of take that piece out of this for the kids because we know that's a lot of pressure. So really, what we have developed is a much gentler approach. Mm -hmm. um, we have students that are going to be with them um, mentoring. Uh, kids from Parkway Spark and kids from Wash U are going to come down and help us with mentoring and help the kids kind of develop their pitch a little bit. Um, and then, you know, really we've encouraged our judges. This is about encouragement and how do we help them um, further discover their business need and, you know, further develop their business needs. So, Joanna, these children are going to be developing business plans for their pitch. They're going to be developing plans for products Correct. for their pitch. So tell me a little bit more about that because I find that so fascinating. <laughs> so it's, it's, again, it's similar to Shark Tank, but as Lisa mentioned earlier, more like Guppy in the sense that you don't have to have a product that's already ready to go to market. It can just be in its foundational stages where you're just, you came up with this great idea and you're looking to get it off the ground and you've done some brainstorming with mom and dad. So it's really those early stages. And one of the things I also wanted to mention was, sorry, that's okay. okay. So, so sorry. what is the age range from five to? Five to 13. Five to 13, mm -hmm. oh my gosh. I know. That's yes. a critical stage. I know, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And I would think that a program like this would actually motivate and inspire critical mm -hmm. thinking. Yes, yes absolutely. Yes. 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 And problem solving. I mean, that was mm -hmm. one of the things that we really, it was very important to us as we started our own business we identified a need and we said, okay, there's a need in the community for this business. And then we took that and we developed our solution. So really that's what we want these kids doing is figure out a need to Joanna's earlier point. We have one guy who, who figured out a very specific need around organization and he developed a product to answer that need and, and develop a solution around it. So. There's stuff like that that I right. think our kids are, are obviously capable of and interested in doing. So yeah. this is what it's about. And so, Joanna, these kids are competing for scholarships and prizes. Tell yes. me about that. So they're, as you mentioned, they're competing for scholarships and prizes. We've received some amazing prizes from the community, and we have great sponsors helping back the scholarships. So from Commerce Bank to the Steinberg Group and Insperi. So we have a lot of great organizations involved that have really helped provide scholarships and prizes for the kids that day. So are they going to be timed? I mean, are they really going to be under yes. the clock? Yes. Because yeah. usually pitch, when you make a pitch, it's usually like a minute. Yes. So we want them to start um, small <laughs> because mm -hmm. we know that, I mean, 
it's my biggest fear speaking in front of people. In most people, that's their biggest fear. So, you know, we're recommending between 30 seconds and two minutes for that first initial round. And then the final rounds, they're gonna have up to five minutes to pitch their products. So, but it's up to. And this is including questions from judges and questions that come up. So this is in no way meant to create fear oh, no, <laughs> of public okay, speaking. Sounds like it's, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's actually. more about, yeah, let's let's do it really fast because honestly, we can all over talk everything. And really you only need 30 seconds to yeah. tell what you pitch your best idea. Yeah, I know, right? And as someone who's been on Shark Tank, talk about um, what you think it takes to become a successful business owner or to have a successful product? Well, so it takes a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of just being dedicated to it and really believing in your product or your business, um, knowing that you're really solving for something. You know, one of the things, you know, that I discovered really quickly about being an entrepreneur, I came from corporate world and becoming an entrepreneur was about passion and it really was about believing in what you were doing to keep you going and to continue innovating your product or your service. You know, uh, I knew that I wanted people to be happy with what I was doing, so that encouraged me to continue to make it better. And I think that that's what it takes to be an entrepreneur. And then how do you handle challenges, Joanna? <laughs> challenges? Every, yes, every entrepreneur <laughs> will tell you there were challenges along the way. I would see, say be backed by a great group of mentors that helps mm -hmm. you navigate those challenges yeah. because challenges are inevitable, but it's all about how you finesse and get through those that makes a difference at the end of the day and just steady the course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so these children will have mentors, right? You yes, mentioned that. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So yeah. there'll be mentors that day from Washington University as well as Parkway South. So they'll, or Parkway Spark program. Mm -hmm. So they have a great opportunity to speak to the mentors mm -hmm. prior to the pitch competition on the 13th, which will kind of get their wheel spinning and they'll get to ask some questions and it'll just get them really prepared for pitch day. What a learning experience. I mean, yeah, that's absolutely. pretty unique. Yeah. I mean, do you wish you had that kind of experience, yes. Lisa, before you went on Shark Tank? Are you kidding me? <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, we have great people that were speaking on April 6th that, you know, Maxine Clark, Talia Goldfarb actually was on Shark Tank and got a deal from Damon. Wow. Um, so she's speaking and, um, you know, and we have Karen Newmark who does Sweetology and she's, you know, she's a wonderful entrepreneur around St. Louis. So we have all these really great people that are telling mm -hmm. the kids how to do it and it's almost like a blueprint I didn't have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah, I wish I would have had this at five. I'm sure that made it a little tougher because you didn't have that blueprint, right? No. No. But sometimes it's good to chart your own course too, uh, and yeah. chart your own path, and figure it all out. I yeah. mean, it is. But we've gone a step. But yeah. But we've gone a step further just to make sure the kiddos are prepared the day. And actually, we provided the parents with here are the things we're going to be looking for as we're going through the judging process yeah. to kind of ease some of that distress, like that Lisa <laughs> and Angela had while they were pitching Shark Tank. Yeah. So we've given them definitely the blueprint for what to expect, so that they're fully prepared for pitch day. And so, what should you be looking for? Or what will you be looking for? So it's more so uh, identifying your why. Mm -hmm. Why you create the product, what problem are you solving, and what do you hope to achieve uh, long-term? Creativity. So, creativity. Yeah. Really being able to articulate the idea, yeah. you awesome. know, and, and just have fun. Have fun. Yeah. Yes. We want them to have fun. <laughs> yes. You know, that was one thing that people kept saying to us is, how are you gonna make this fun? And right. we're like, it's just gonna be fun because we're there and we believe in this. We right, yes. really believe in this. So. All right, gotta take a break. Stay with us back in a moment. That is. Welcome back. So I'm sure you're dying to know <laughs> when is this event taking place? So Lisa, fill us in. Um, it's, it's on April 13th and it's at the Donald Danforth um, Plant and Science Center in Creve Corps. Mm -hmm. 
So it'll start at around 8.30. And I think what's important to note is that um, kids will be competing with their own age groups. So we have five to seven, eight to 10, and 11, to, 11 13. to 13. So really we wanted to make sure that the kids were with their own peers. Right. Um, and the initial speed rounds will only be in front of two judges. Nice. So, and then Joanne, you can Is there a fee to participate? It's absolutely free to attend. We're nice. accepting applications all the way up until uh, Sunday, mm -hmm. the 7th at 11.59 p.m. So parents, you still have time to get yes. your applications in. Yes. And, and how do they submit an application? You can actually go through Eventbrite. It's all under Eventbrite under Kidspreneur. It's only a two-page application. It's really simple and most of the questions are just um, demographic information as far as your name and what product or what problem you're solving so very straightforward application process nice well thank you guys so much for being here and good luck thank it sounds like so much us. fun and yes. come watch it yes, yes. Well, watch i wish it. i could i'll see okay <laughs> all right and thank you for joining us for the pulse of st louis remember if you missed any part of the show download the pulse of st louis podcast in the itunes or google play stores and for news 24 7 download the free fox 2 and news 11 apps i'll see you next time